world is burning. Welcome to World is Burning, the podcast for your climate anxiety, the mini sode. I'm Olivia. <laughs> and I'm Elise. And as Olivia has already alluded to, we're doing something a little bit different this week. Um, Olivia is swamped with tons of school stuff. So much. So uh, we came up with an idea called Down the Rabbit Hole, where we explore something we've either mentioned a bunch of times in a bunch of different episodes but haven't fully you know explored the topic or um we kind of dig deeper into uh an idea or a topic that was maybe a detour or just like a rabbit hole that would have distracted from another story but we still really really want to talk about it so we're trying trying this out. It'll probably be a shorter episode, which if you're not fully caught up on all of our other episodes, you can go back and listen if you still, you know, want some more uh, World is Burning. It's a great time. But but yeah, we're trying it out. Let us know if you like it, if you hate it. Uh, it's maybe something that we'll, you know, do more of in the future or less mm-hmm. of in the future if you hate it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Or, or if there's something, you know, in an episode that we touch on that, like, we fully don't explain because, you know, it's just a little de- detail, but you want to learn more, like, request more down the rabbit holes for, you know, explaining a small part of a larger story. So, yeah, we're just trying something new out this week. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. And this is a good one. So we're starting with how to get involved in climate action, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of hopefully this can be a capsule episode that we can refer back to a lot um, mm-hmm. because, OK, so last week was Earth Week, Earth Day. I feel like there's a lot. There's so much focus on like April 22nd, which is great for climate work and everything that gets eyes on it during that week but then also in terms of sustaining a climate movement or kind of trying to find your place within the climate movement um it can be sort of overwhelming and like not really much can happen so this is a down the rabbit hole episode to try and get you plugged into different climate action groups um, different ways that you can get involved. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you walk away from this with some new ideas of how to get involved and how to fight for climate justice because that happens every day. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to try and cover definitely not everything, but trying to cater to different age groups, different personality types, um, different limitations due to the pandemic, people that use social media, people that don't, because there are so many options. And I really think that if you just think about what already exists in your life right now, the networks that you're already a part of, there's likely a way that you can integrate climate action into that. And then also it might give you some ideas for specific organized groups that you can join. But then also just like to be clear and also speaking from my own experience, I don't think you're ever going to feel like you know enough or like mm. you're doing enough. Do you feel that way, Elise? Yeah, yeah. I also feel like there's so many things that like I I want to do or I'm like in the process of like getting involved or like especially with the pandemic it makes it so weird. Mm-hmm. Um but like there's so many things that I'm in like in the process of getting involved or like I want to learn more about it or like I'm in the process of learning and it's something that's like a learning process. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm not there yet. So even just thinking about like what I was going to say for things that I was doing, I was like, I'm learning about this. Right. Um, And so it feels like I'm not really doing anything. But like 
in the scale of like a lifetime of like, you know, getting better and learning and like integrating new things into your lifestyle, like it's a big deal. So mm-hmm. I, I 100% feel that. Yeah. And I also think there's sometimes this desire to connect yourself 100% to one organization and be like, okay, you know, I'm a member of Sunrise and that is my life and mm-hmm. everything that I do connects back to Sunrise, which is great if that's what you are. And we'll talk more about Sunrise. They're awesome. But also, I, you don't have to be deeply connected to one organization in order to get involved in climate action and find like a climate community, whatever that means for you. So, yeah, I want to like kind of push that idea out of our heads. And then also, so there's a slow factory image that we're going to share on our social media. I shared it with Elise earlier mm-hmm. um, and I'll describe it for you right now. It's called How Am I Fighting the Climate Crisis? And it's for, what is that called? It's not a Venn diagram, but it's it's like... like, A little, I mean, it kind of is. It's like a little like circle thing. Yeah, four circles within each other. You know, the circle thing graph. mm Mm-hmm. So the biggest one, actually, I'll start with the smallest one. Or concentric circles. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. the word. Right? I was like, did you just Google that right now? No, that just came out of my head. Yeah, that sounds right. So this, they're all within each other. The smallest circle is the comfort zone. So these all have kind of descriptions of what these are. So the smallest is the comfort zone, the fear zone, then the learning zone, and then the largest is the growth zone. And so the comfort zone, obviously, we kind of know what that is. It's either, I mean, some aspects, it might be lack of understanding of the climate crisis or um, having no willingness to change your lifestyle. Um, But another thing that they have in here is that you view sustainability as a binary or you deny your carbon privilege living in the global north, Mm -hmm. which if terms like the global north are new to you, this is like an opportunity to expand into the learning zone. There's no shame, Mm -hmm. I think, of being in any of these stages. And at least for me, looking at this template, I realize that I'm in different parts for different aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when you expand out of the comfort zone, you get into the fear zone. Um, which a lot of these are not, they're not like, they don't feel like growth from your comfort zone. So it's things like posting a photo from Earth Day without any action, um, shaming others for not being perfect environmentalists, putting all the responsibility on corporations and not in your own actions. And so like a lot of it is struggling with this individual action, collective change binary and just viewing that as a binary, which I think if you expand into learning and growth, you realize that it's much more intricate than that. It's not like, does individual action matter or does systemic change matter? It's both um, and how they work together. So yeah, I'm curious how you felt when you looked at this though. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I definitely feel like, honestly, any, any chart that I've seen like this, like I saw similar ones about being anti-racist with like different kind mm-hmm. of like levels or like I think really any any systemic issue mm-hmm. um, that has something like this looking at it and being like yeah like I fall into different things or different areas for like different topics or you know on certain days or sometimes um, like a little bit of each of these reflects part of my you know living with this issue I guess so like even though like I'm not willing to change my lifestyle like I've definitely done a lot to change my lifestyle but there's also things that I'm like not willing to do so like in some ways I'm like 
you know, in the growth zone for changing my lifestyle, you know, like getting involved in the community or like talking with people or, you know, you know, trying to do like bigger things with it. But then Mm -hmm. on other things, I am still in that first first little circle. So like I think I think it's cool to like read through all of them and especially if there's like an, a specific aspect of an issue that you're struggling with to like identify where you are and then mm-hmm. think like how can I be better about that? Yeah. I also think there's an aspect of humility, right? Like you're mm-hmm. never going to reach the growth zone 100%. Mm-hmm. Um I liked that quote from last week which I'm going to paraphrase cuz I can't remember it. Um, but where Rachel Carson said something like growth and humility do not go well with a uh, lust for destruction. Mm-hmm. It's like cultivating that wonder and humility is also ultimately what you're trying to do and mm-hmm. um, do away with that lust for destruction. And so it's not it's more about cultivating something in yourself rather than losing something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so actually that kind of transitions well into a couple of criteria that I had that I personally have for organizations that I'm trying to get involved with. Um, And then I'll get it more into like a specific action list of things that people can do. But um, something that I, I mean, just to give a super brief background on myself, I feel like the way that I got into talking about environmentalism regularly was the zero waste movement, which is very Mm -hmm. focused on individual action. And especially like six or so years ago was incredibly focused on individual action. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my ins into the community were through those like lifestyle changes. And then slowly my, like I joined a zero waste Nashville Facebook group and Tennessee women in green. This is obviously when I was living in Nashville and like mm-hmm. so, sort of started getting involved on that level. And while I, I think it was effective for me, I sort of have some shame right now of like, only having just joined specifically climate movements, especially because mm-hmm. I've been moving around a lot. Like yeah. I, that's a big one too. Yeah, I feel like that is a huge challenge. Like for for me, like uh, just like speaking to like getting involved in organizations. Like I feel like over the past two years, I've been all over the place. Like mm-hmm. not that it's an excuse, but like yeah, that was one of the things I have have down. Like I'm signed up for 350 stuff. But like it took me a couple months of moving to Austin to join that. And then Mm -hmm. like every meeting, some like I've adopted cats that day or like something has has kind of or or one of the meetings was like on the day of the snowstorm. So like I doubt it even happened Mm -hmm. Um, So because like probably nobody had power and it was all on Zoom. So, yeah, I feel like the moving around is makes (laughs) makes it really challenging to. Uh, which I'm hopefully here for a while and I'm ho- hoping to like actually get involved in like physical organizations of yeah climate things but it's there are challenges well, there the pro of that though is that like you don't necessarily have to be part of the same organization it's like that same thing of not necessarily having to commit 100% to one organization mm-hmm. which is what often people think of as being involved in climate action yeah. you can also just be sort of a casual member of a couple of different organizations. Mm -hmm. And then also with things like 350, if you move um, at least throughout the U.S., you're likely to find another chapter. Or if you don't have a chapter, if you move to like a really rural area, let's say, you could potentially, I mean, maybe you could join the statewide one or you could start your own and Mm -hmm. you would have that base experience. So like 
I don't know. I feel like I I have the same thoughts, obviously, especially with moving around um, yeah. and feeling conflicted about like spending too much time, too much time just like planting your roots in one place all of a sudden to like up and go somewhere else and have all that work seemingly disappear. I don't mm-hmm. think it does disappear. Like if you work at your local community garden and then a year later you move away, I think you still hold that experience and you still, you know, were a volunteer for that period of time, got connected to that group of people, probably learned about your local, I don't know, food supply, things mm-hmm. like that. Like those can still be a benefit without it being a resume builder, right? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so a couple of criteria have is it criteria? Criterion? I don't know. Um is the criteria like is it criteria? Criterion collection? collection? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um I'm going to say a couple of criteria that I have for organizations. Um, The first is that it's an open and welcoming community um, to people, not just like myself, but also people unlike myself. Um, A justice-oriented approach, which is interesting. You mentioned, I mean, Slow Factory does, I think it's primarily anti-racist work. And like, there's a lot of similarities between, well, between climate justice and racial justice because they're so intertwined. Mm -hmm. And so... I think for me, an organizational expectation is this justice-oriented approach that is actively anti-racist and has a strong understanding of environmental justice. But, and this is quite a large but, the expectations for the level of like structured anti-racist language varies greatly depending on the size of the organization and then also how long the organization has been around. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think if you're talking about like, you know, your school's brand new environmental club, there's a lot, there's still an expectation that like you can come into that with the justice oriented approach, but there's no expectation that those people have like, you know, pages and pages of anti-racist language on like a website or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I think that that's one. And then also I think, well, I have some, comp- I don't know. I have complicated opinions on this. Like I've, been thinking about this myself of like how how many expectations should you have that like these things should already exist and already be in place and then how can you come into an organization and make it better um mm-hmm. like where is the line there which i think is something you kind of have to decide for yourself um and that goes actually into my third criteria i forgot which is openness to change and critique Mm-hmm. Um, having like a structure that allows for critique and allows for constant change um, because the fourth criteria is um, community to grow with and learn from. So people that you can learn about local issues with, nationwide policy, proposed solutions, you know, you can learn about the environment with, you can learn about each other and your different um, school and work and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So those are fairly general, but I think that they're good guidelines to have. And then I love that you did a story on Sunrise last fall. Mm-hmm. And the Sunrise movement is just great. I joined Sunrise after you did that episode. Um, it like was kind of what finally motivated me to not just be on the Sunrise emails, but also to like join the Slack and go to the mm-hmm. Zoom meetings and all of that. I love their slogan, I guess. Um, no permanent friends, no permanent enemies. Mm-hmm. And I think you can that applies to a lot of things within the environmental movement, thinking about politicians and community leaders and like just, yeah, not having any permanent friends or any permanent enemies. But I think you can also apply that to your own climate activism in the sense that like you can um, join an organization or start an or- organization thinking that it's going to be good for you. 
or you can do mm-hmm. any of these things that I'm about to list. But like you don't have to stick with that forever. And it's not mm-hmm. a failure if you don't. You can like kind of weave in and out of things and that's okay too. Yeah. Um. So this is my big list of things. How to get involved in climate action. Number one, fill your feeds. So whatever those are, if you use social media, also though email, YouTube, TikTok, um, aim to find diverse voices, diverse voices and niches that suit your interests. So I think it's really interesting. Like I feel like through you, I've learned a lot more about sustainable fashion, which is not something mm. that I would have really looked for myself, but it is something I wear clothes. So, you know, I am interested mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, and finding more. That's also a way like if you don't feel like your feeds are filled with climate action right now, it's a good way to like slowly find people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Can I, I, I just want to, I have someone ri- written down because like this is something, this is one of the areas that I feel like I'm very, very much in the learning stage mm-hmm. Um, is I'm very fascinated with the idea of like, well, like one, I'm trying to like grow some of my own food on a very small scale. It's a learning process, but I feel like that's a climate thing that I'm trying to do and also just like learn about for the future. Like I might not be growing many tomatoes right now, but maybe I will be able to one day. Mm -hmm. Um, But also the idea of foraging, which I haven't fully, you know, jumped into because I don't want to poison myself. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. So that's also a very small uh, like or it's like a learning thing. But like I joined like a Texas foraging group on Facebook. So I've like learned certain things that I thought were weeds in my backyard that I can eat, which like the ground is also kind of questionable for eating things. It's on top of a dump, right? Yes, I believe that is the case. So like <laughs> a little questionable. I'm not sure if I actually want to eat things, um, but I am very, very fascinated with the idea of foraging and just being able to find food just in terms of that like nature is kind of amazing. And just that like it's something that's like outside the realm of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I that concept it is like ama- like amazing and fascinating to me. But so cool. Do you know the person uh Alexis Nicole on TikTok? Mm-mm. Uh and she goes by Black Forager on Instagram, but she she like forages things and she's like just like a joy. Every single one of her videos, like I feel I leave feeling so much better. Like she like she recently made lilac cookies. Um, and she's like, I'm having a really bad day, so I'm going to make lilac cookies. And she goes and like picks them. And she's like, thank you, tree, for the flowers. And then and then oh she my like, God. goes and like makes it and she like sings. And it's just like so happy. But it's like the idea of like foraging and finding things and like connecting with nature. And the videos are so fun to watch. And I feel like having stuff like that in your feed to go along with other climate action stuff like brings like that like joy and wonder and whatever to like all the other stuff that's happening if there's like a lot of like really scary infographics or whatever like Mm -hmm. you know heavy facts but I just I just like have that down because I I love her and I think that topic is really interesting and she makes it easy to learn about stuff so very cool but yeah yeah, that's just my my fill your feed yeah. plug for the day because I I love it. I love that. And I also um we already follow a fair number of like influencers and climate people that we think are cool, cool organizations on World is Burning social media. Mm-hmm. 
But I think after this, we'll make sure that we're following people like her because I'm not sure if we are. I'm not sure. So that if you want a list, a full updated, constantly updated list of the people mm, that we think are yeah. cool, just go to the world's burning social media. Everyone that we follow is related in some way to the climate movement. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way. And that's not a plug to our own social media, although like, yes, at world is burning. No, yeah, geez, first make but- sure you're following us and then <laughs> and then go follow other people. But ultimately, the point, yeah, is that there's so many cool people that are out there. And I think, yeah, I love that. That's something that's um, environmental and anti-capitalist, but still deeply joyful. That's yeah. exactly what you want. And so yeah. that's also it's also a niche that not everyone might necessarily be interested in. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, and that kind of goes into the second thing I have, which is to educate yourself. And yes, like that can happen through organized school and um, books, but it can also happen online. You just have to be careful, kind of like that infographic said, to make sure and check your sort check their sources, especially if you're finding information on social media that has like a statistic but no source link no mm-hmm. bueno yeah um but there's so many opportunities to educate yourself so books documentaries formal classes i also wanted to speak a little bit to this as like a, a graduate student so i really feel like you can make any class related to climate change if you try hard enough so like if you think mm-hmm. all the way down to like elementary school science projects absolutely you can make those about climate change and help your own learning of the climate movement. For example, I'm studying media. I am taking a class right now specifically called climate change, but other than that, none of my classes have been about climate. And so like last semester, I pitched a documentary on composting policy drama in New York City. I also wrote Mm -hmm. a media theory research paper about belief systems and climate change, both of which I think I've talked about on this podcast. Um, and then this semester, I'm doing, I'm taking a class on media and social movements and political ideas. So I'm taking that to, in my final paper, research a couple of youth climate movements and the ways that they integrate so, um, social and racial justice. So all of that to say, just to give a couple of ideas of how even, I think even like I'm thinking back to music business classes that I took or mm. screenwriting classes that I've taken, been in school for way too freaking long like everything you can you can cater that to your like economics accounting class to a certain extent you can like cater those to especially your economics class absolutely yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure your your professor will love that um but even ones that are a little bit less perhaps like creative I think that you can in certain ways I mean if you're doing accounting think about small business accounting or Um, Think about all the ways that, yeah, economics and climate justice tie up together. So Mm -hmm. if you are in a formal school system, those are good ways to educate yourself despite it not not being – you don't have to be an environmental policy major or whatever to get involved in climate stuff from your school. And then Mm -hmm. that's not even to speak to different clubs that exist, um, events that exist, being on newsletters and finding out – like if you are in – Again, in especially higher education right now, there are so many connections that you can take advantage of as a student that you won't be able to take advantage of otherwise. So yeah, educate yourself. Being smart is cool. We all have more things to learn. Uh, another thing that I have here is just to bring it up. So like bring up mm-hmm. climate stuff. This is something we're big about, just like having those conversations. And 
I would not consider myself a climate expert. Hopefully that's Mm -hmm. clear by now. But I do think, um, you know, we get more accustomed to talking about climate change if we bring it up in everyday conversations and it becomes way less of a like, oh, Debbie Downer bringing up climate change for no freaking reason to like, oh, this is actually like an interesting social phenomenon that I like want to discuss with my friends or stuff like that. If you just keep bringing it up, I think it makes it easier to find solutions, right, too? Yeah, yeah. And they can be interesting, interesting conversations, not like a, oh, you're drinking out of a plastic straw you're a bad person like just like (laughs) there are like obviously like there's like so much nuance to it and like wow like you know this problem has lots of different solutions uh or ways that it can be made worse like yeah like Mm -hmm. talking about it like it's very interesting and engaging it doesn't have to be a mean attack about straws or something stupid right yeah again because like coming (laughs) from the initially come from the zero waste movement i noticed a period of time especially like I would bring I used to work in television so we had food around all the time so I would bring my Mm -hmm. own coffee cup and my own plate um and you get to a certain point where it's like very easy to do that without anyone else noticing I feel like the first Mm -hmm. time you do that sometimes it could be like look at me like fucking climate hero over here with my (laughs) reusable coffee cup and then once that just becomes a thing that you do People can Mm -hmm. bring it up and people can also like change their behavior based on you, but it becomes much less like fear and shame based than just, oh, this is an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about like, why don't I also think about that too? Mm -hmm. And that can apply also like if you work at a company that has a really big travel budget or um, just some really wasteful policies, not necessarily single use plastic wasteful, but Mm -hmm. like also just ways that you're wasting resources or wasting company labor. You know, you can you can bring up conversations about that. And I feel like if you bring them up more often, it becomes easier. Yeah, for sure. And then the next one is to join an existing movement. So this is the biggest one. And we've already talked about this quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I'll kind of gloss over. But let me just list out everything that I have here because okay. it will show you how many opportunities there are. So I really think you can just look up on Google or Kosha or wherever, your location, your interest, group, maybe add the word climate or environment in there. And I guarantee you will find something. Even if it's not the right thing for you, you'll find something. Um, Not the biggest fan of Facebook, but Facebook groups are hard to beat, especially for finding established Mm -hmm. groups in your area that you wouldn't hear of otherwise. Um, You can follow groups on social media so that you, on other social media, I mean, so that you can know when they have events that are going on, join their email lists, um, engage with them in person wherever that's possible and wherever you're comfortable with that. Um, You can volunteer your time. Like one of the first Sunrise events that I went to, I volunteered to be a sign-in person, which just involves signing in people masked on my phone. It wasn't like, um, I know some people wouldn't be comfortable with that, but I was okay with doing that in that group. And then it was a great way to have an excuse to like go up to people and be like, hello. I want to talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a good way to volunteer time, especially if you're already able to go to something in person anyways. You can also go to trash pickups. Um, I went to a couple of those in Nashville, kind of trying to get to know people in person and um, led to people that I know now today um, or I'm still in touch with now today. There are things like the Climate Justice Alliance. You can look at their list of member organizations. We'll have that on our website. Um, There's loads of member organizations, especially throughout the U.S. that are all centered on climate justice, and you can get involved on a local level. 
There's Sunrise Movement. There is Extinction Rebellion. There's 350.org and all of the 350 chapters. There are anti-fracking action groups, action groups for all different types of local issues. There are organizations like Asian Pacific Environmental Network, the Climate Reality Project and their Leadership Corps, um, Rainforest Action Network, La Via Campesina, which is like a peasant movement. There's also your local community garden, um, environmental groups within organizations that you're already a part of. So churches, schools, workplaces, hobbies. You can also always start your own, but I really recommend, I think, being a participant before you try to be a leader. I guess I think mm-hmm. you'll learn a lot from it. And yeah, do you have any to add to that list? Honestly, not off the top of my head. Uh, that was a lot. Yeah, uh, very much. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess maybe the, I don't know if you've mentioned this, but like, I guess just like if anyone is bringing up a concern locally or if you hear people having a certain issue, like I, I think about just like the water thing with Aaron Brockovich but also mm-hmm. like I mean I know I've seen people talk about like dumping trash somewhere around where I live like if there's like an issue that's like hyper local and maybe it's not an organization but it's like a certain like task or like something that people are trying to raise awareness for or like get like the town or whatever to do something about it mm-hmm. that's also something that you can lend a hand I guess I don't know if you've said that but like if there's no, like a yeah. small political movement um, or just like we need to have <laughs> people stop dumping all their trash in this area or you know something just similar to that where you could just be like cool yeah like I'll you know show up and support you or something like that that's smaller um, and also probably maybe has a time limit. Like it's hopefully mm-hmm. wouldn't go on for years and years. Like it might be like, cool, we'll solve this over the course of a few months or something like that. Yeah. And you could also be the person who, yeah, sends the letter to the editor of the local paper and says, hey, why aren't we talking about this? Yeah. And just starts the conversation, even if you don't like single handedly solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you help people with PR or something like what are your skills that you can lend to that? Yeah. uh, That issue. Yeah. That goes perfectly into my last one, which is just to support projects that you like. Um, Mm -hmm. So that can be through time or money. Um, It can also be through things like attending events online or in person. Because I always hear that, like, if you don't have time, you have money or like if you don't have money, you might have time. And I'm like, but Mm -hmm. what if you don't have time or money? Those are both yeah. so like class and oppression based <laughs> things that, yeah. Um, and also just like varying schedules or cash inflows. Sometimes you feel mm-hmm. like you don't have either of those. But I think that even if you don't have either of those, you might have an Instagram account where you can like and comment on local organizational efforts. That mm-hmm. doesn't take very much time, but it really does help. You can also share that within your personal network. You can click through on those email petitions, even if you're not writing them yourself. You can actually read the campaign proposals. You can um, look into local policymakers. You can engage with climate-related articles, even ones from, you know, the Washington Post and New York Times. Um, I feel like there's nothing worse for organizations than spending so much effort to organize, like, an event Mm -hmm. or project or just in general continuously organizing, especially during the pandemic, and then to feel like no one is showing up or no one is, like, really engaging with your work. If you don't have very much time but you have a little bit enough to read an article, just, like, really engaging with that, I think, is something that can make a difference. 
and can be considered climate action. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's really all I have. I'm trying to keep this like fairly short. We'll have all this on our website, worldisburning.com. And actually, one more thing. Okay. So really didn't focus on individual action very much in this because I don't think that that's the point. We could do a whole thing on individual action if we wanted to. But one thing that I think you can do if you're trying to focus on that kind of internal relationship, I think doing a climate audit of your own life and your own consumption can be really Mm -hmm. interesting. So I put a couple of questions that just came to my head when I was thinking about this, which is, do you know who made your clothes and what conditions they were living in? Do your purchases benefit your local community or large organizations? What are you buying? What are you using? What are you throwing away? And this is not about shame or self-judgment. Like, it's okay. It's just a thing to notice and, like, almost look at it as, like, anthropological evidence of this is what you are throwing away. This is what you're using today. Um, And that can hopefully help you also find more ideas of ways to get connected to your community and to, like, a a climate community of people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So So good. thank you for listening to our first Down the Rabbit Hole. Um, Yeah. Let us know if you want more, if you have any ideas for certain topics, either based on, yeah, previous stories that we've told or just kind of capsule topics like this one that you think would be interesting. We... Mm -hmm. Our, well, everything will be on our website, worldsburning.com, at worldsburn with no G is our Twitter and Instagram, and TikTok is with a G. Our emails on our website. You know how to reach us. I'm Olivia. That's Elise. We'll see you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday. <laughs>